Good morning, Tucson and Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavi Alva, and I'm ex- an extreme extrovert. <sighs> so, um, I did a little bit of digging with the help of um, somebody that I trust, and I it I've really discovered the reasoning. Um, behind my um, unhealthy drinking um, behavior. And it really kind of is just based on um, my past. So in my life I have conquered... Um, conquered? <laughs> well, I guess that is the right word. I've conquered... Um, abusers, and I've moved on from people that have um, physically given me harm. And um, one thing that I guess in regards to sobriety, I'm at the level where I no longer have people that are projecting harm onto me. But there is one last person that I have to forgive and make men's meet with. And that is myself. When I engage in drinking alcohol, there has been times where I think to myself, I'm like, why? Why am I doing this? Um... I you know I'm I won't be triggered I won't be happy necessarily happy I won't ne- be necessarily mad I won't be necessarily any feeling whatsoever but I will engage in drinking alcohol and for me um my body doesn't have a tolerance for alcohol um people that have who are alcoholics or have allergies um, we'll understand this. And if you're listening and you're like, man, this kind of sounds like me, you know, maybe this will help you. Maybe it won't. <laughs> maybe you're just listening just to know about someone else's perspective. And that's okay, too. Um, but my hope is to have maybe somebody who n- needs this information can um, take from it. But anyway, I I am an alcoholic and um I have set up a plan with someone that someone that I trust um and that is to not engage in the first drink. So for me, um it's been really nice because I it's still taboo, which I really can't do anything about, but I'm hoping that it will change someday. And things do change. But I talk about this because I want people to know that this is normal. It is, it's normal to be, it's not normal to engage and, um, you know, well, actually that's not a lie. It is normal <laughs> to be an alcoholic. Um, we see it in movies, we see it in books, we see it um, f- with our friends. And um, the choice is really your own whether or not you want to seek help, you might be in denial. 
I was in denial for a long time. And what I realized is that when I have moved on from my other abusers, I really was abusing myself. It was so drilled in my mentality. Um, for those who don't, who've never been abused um, physically or by someone that they love, you are exceptionally lucky, and you are probably one of the few. <laughs> but um, I, for me, I've I was um, abused for seventeen years, and so. Even when I was in healthy environments, I continued to abuse myself. And for people that, you know, might not know about this, but when you are being abused, you it's normal to uh, not really know or feel comfortable with setting boundaries. Boundaries are almost non-existent. You know, like, you you just kind of go along with the flow and whatever, like, your abuser or maybe someone, anyone really, um, makes you do things or say things that you don't want, makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel down, puts you down. Um, boundaries is just not something that is normal and it's not established. So, like, in in your life... You normalize um, what is familiar to you. And I really normalized not standing up for myself. And I realized this um, when I would drink. I sometimes would have a thought. I would be like, why? You know, like, why am I doing this? Or do I really want it to drink? Like, And I would just push that... Um, thought aside I would be like you know it's whatever this is what you do when you go to the bar just you know you go order a drink like whatever like whatever the thoughts are just whatever and for me that's just so interesting because I've really had to sit with myself and say you know I'm gonna stand up for myself um I'm practicing saying I don't treat myself that way. Um, you know, I don't speak that way to myself. If there is a need, I have to stand up for myself because no one else will. And I need to. Otherwise, it's a habit that is going to corrupt my life. And you don't need an explanation. Like, that's the thing about drinking is people are going to ask you why. It's very normal, like, to for people to ask you why you don't drink. You'll say, and I used to think that you had to have a legitimate reason. You know, like, why don't you drink? Like, are you an alcoholic? Do you have problems? They're going to say that. Um, they're going to make those assumptions. Some of those assumptions are true. Like, but... You don't need a reason to give people. You can have your own personal reasons. Maybe you don't like drinking because you've seen your friends or other people you love 
drinking and it doesn't seem like fun. Or maybe you, you know, I, my mom, actually, she drinks alcohol. She gets really itchy. She has like an allergy to it. Um, one of my friends, um, she drinks one drink and has a super bad stomach ache. Like some people, it just, it doesn't help them. And it's okay. But you'd never, never have to give an explanation for why you're not drinking. And I had to learn this personally because I would think that I'd had to have a legitimate reason, you know, almost even lie and have like an elaborate, like good reason because I was used to pleasing people. I was used to having to prove my worth of something to people. That was normal for me. And I'm, I realized that it's not, I was like, I, I have the right to stand up for myself. I have the right to advocate for myself. It's okay to be an alcoholic. There are many alcoholics in this world. I'm I'm not singled out. I'm not odd. You're not odd, you know? If if you are an alcoholic, it's not something that you know people don't know about. But it's so damn taboo. And that is going to be my goal for this week. I'm starting a new job and I'm making new friends. And I know that I have to practice saying, and you can say it however you want, but this is just how I'm choosing to say it. And I'm, you know, if someone says, hey, do you want a beer? I'm going to say, no, thanks. You know, I'm an alcoholic, so I don't drink and but I really like root beer. I really like coffee. Um, you know, I love dancing. And not drinking is kinda hard because, you know, it's it's such a normal um way for adults, normalized coping strategy that adults have. Um that society just makes us age appropriate. You're like, you had a rough day at work, drink. Um, oh, I had a fight with my girlfriend, drink. You know, I'm happy, I'm relaxed. I'm going to go sit in the pool and drink. You know, it's just such a habitual thing that we don't even really think about. And like anything, sobriety can be a habit too. I'm currently practicing sobriety. Um, you know, here it's legal to smoke weed in Minnesota, but, you know, I'm just smoking that temporarily. Eventually, once I master one addiction, um, I don't have problems without uh, marijuana, but I think once, you know, you conquer one thing, it'll be off to the next, and I think that's using substances in general is something that I want to weed off of and eventually enjoy a totally sober life. Um, But right now, that's a little hard. Um, because, well, not really, not right now, because I'm in a safe environment, but, you know, once life starts to escalate and become normal, and, you know, I know I'm gonna encounter some challenges, and I think what's good when encountering these challenges is to have a plan, so, for me, I, you know, I'm gonna go to downtown Tucson, say, I'll probably go there sometime in my stay here in Tucson. Um, By the way, I saw it last night and it was 
Oh, such a beautiful place. Um, really chill city. Um, I liked how I saw a lot of people, um, out, you know, a lot of young people, a lot of old people, like, very, like, a variety of ages, which is very fun, you know, in Minneapolis, we have that too, but it's primarily, like, young adults, um, I see a lot of young people downtown in Minneapolis, I'm sure, uh, they see more young people, um, you know, during, uh, you know, at certain bars or certain places, but, I thought that there was a huge variety in it. That I thought that was really awesome. But, like I said, you just need a plan. So, for me, I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but, you know, I'm advising that it's good to make a plan for relapse or make a plan for when you're encountered with these kind of tricky situations. So, my therapist told me to... Um, To pre-cope. So kind of think ahead. Like for me, um, it's the first step. It's getting the drink. So like having the drink touch my lips is basically the no no turning back point. So it's like when I go to the bar, if I go to the club, if I'm on a date, preventing that first step. And preventing that first step is... Accepting the feeling, so I'll put myself like I'm at the bar, drinking my nice tea, <laughs> um, but you know, maybe I'll, the bartender will be like, oh, we have some drink specials, blah, 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 um, what would you like to have? And I will be like, you know, I really like lemonade, or do you have coffee, or um, I really like yellow Red Bull, um, you know, water, <laughs> soda water with some lime or something, <coughs> excuse me, um, but, you know, some, something like that, and they will be like, okay, and then there it is, that's it, you know, you go and go about your life, um, if it's really tricky and you're with a friend, me, I'm gonna hand them my money. I'm going to hand them like five bucks and be like, hey, uh, you can you grab me a pop? I'm not even going to put myself in that situation. I'm just going to, you know, have it where they buy me the drink or they hold on to my cards or something. Somebody you trust, obviously, not a stranger or like your date or something, but, you know, somebody you trust. Um, and that's my preventative um, action. And in and if I want a drink, you know, I'll sit and accept it. I'll be like, you know, I'm. this is a really habit for me. I, I really want a margarita. Like, I really want to go up to the bar and have one of those pink margaritas. They look good. They look, I imagine that they taste delicious. But I'm practicing self-care. And I love myself. I'm learning to love myself. I'm learning to set boundaries. Ignoring this boundary is not normal. So when I'm at the bar and I'm like, you know, I I really would like that drink. I'm hurting myself. I'm saying it's okay to abuse myself. And I have to say, okay, I, I understand body. I understand mind. I understand mouth. I understand tongue. I understand feelings that you want this drink. I understand. I accept it. 
And if you have that drink, you will not remember the hours that are passing. You're going to be throwing away your money. You're going to be hurting your arms and your legs and your body and your chest and your heart and your lungs. I love myself. So I'm setting up this boundary. (sighs) (sighs) Sorry. It's still kind of hard to say. But I'm setting this boundary because I respect myself and I am looking out for myself. (sighs) Say it's one of those days and... You know, you're kind of just hanging out with a friend, like, not even thinking. You know, somebody comes and brings you a margarita. They're like, hey, hey, Vivi, here you go. I grabbed some drinks. Now what's the plan? Well, for me, I set up a plan where I'm going to just say, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink. I'm practicing sobriety. For me, I'm comfortable saying that. You don't have to say that. You could just say, hey, you know, you could make up an excuse. You could be like, hey, I'm driving. I I can't drink this. Um, If the waitress maybe brings you something to drink or whatever, maybe you ordered it and, you know, you're reflecting on yourself and you're like, you know, I don't need that drink. I'm practicing self-help. When the waitress comes, I'm going to tell her. That I made a mistake. You might have to pay for the drink still. And for that might be triggering for some people. Because if the, if you paid for it and you're like, oh, you know, I paid for it so I might as well consume it. You know, for some people that's a really huge reinforcing factor. But then again, you're abusing yourself. You're saying... Oh, I used my money. It's okay. You know, like, it's like if you paid for... This is a (laughs) really weird example, but I really don't know how else you would, like, like, encounter this. But, like, say you went to a strip club, right? And all the ladies are really cute. And you pay $100 for a lap dance. If the lady all of a sudden started slapping you, unless you're into that, unless it's consensual, but let's just say it's not consensual, and the lady's, like, slapping you and, like, choking you out, you're not gonna sit there and be like, hey, I paid for this dance already, I'm gonna lay down here and take it. You would not do that. I would hope that you would not do that. I wouldn't do that, because right now I'm trying to practice boundaries I'm trying to I'm practicing boundaries I'm practicing loving myself I'm learning to care for myself and to prioritize my well-being like I think sometimes when you're abused or you grow up in a situation where abuse is normal normalized um it's hard to it's hard to stand up for yourself because you feel guilty you know you feel shame You're like, oh man, everybody else and all of everyone else's opinions are so much more validating than mine. (sighs) That is false. That's a 
false, false accusation. Like, accusation? Is that a word? I might be making up words. But, <laughs> um, it's false. It's not right. So if I find myself where I ordered a drink or I'm at that point, I, I can say, you know what? I made a mistake. Can I'll have some orange juice or something. Um, I understand that I might have to still pay for this, but I really don't want this on my table. And, you know, hopefully they'll respect it. Uh, most places probably will. I'm, if they don't, then there's a, also a plan. Um, leave the place. You know, obviously you don't want to do anything illegal, like leave uh, the bill or something, but I was thinking to myself, like, say uh, now I have a plan for in case I do have a drink. So if I have a drink, say I have one margarita. I'm like, well, because this could happen. You know, maybe you are low on money and you pay five bucks for a beer and you're like, damn, I kind of paid for this now. I, I'm going to drink it. You know, some people are about that. Um, I'm not about that. I'm practicing uh, my boundaries. But say for some reason it's a one of those days. And I go and I go to the restaurant. I have one glass of wine. You can always stop there. For me, I can't physically, like, stop. So I need to remove myself, like, from the place. So if I... My plan is once I ingest that alcohol and say I drink one drink it's up to me practicing self-care and boundaries to get up from the bar get up from the restaurant make sure my dues are paid and leave physically leave and if I drove there I'll have to walk around the block maybe go to a coffee shop do something that's like walking distance so you can just remove myself. I can just remove myself from that area. And now I have these plans. I have these plans of what I'm going to do. Um, if I really need help, um, I'm, I have people that I'm going to call. And I'm going to practice these boundaries. Um, it's one say... It's one to know about these boundaries and it's one thing to understand your boundaries but implementing them is a necessity because I have now verbally expressed to all of you and to myself that these are the boundaries that I need to respect in order to love myself and in order to treat myself like a regular human being. <laughs> But it it's hard. I cried all morning. I cried all morning um, making a plan and being honest with somebody that I trusted. And it just, it helps. It helps to talk about it. Um, it's not anything that a person can cure. But having places to verbalize this and like actually thinking through like the reasons make it a lot easier to implement (sighs) 
And if you are going through this or somebody you know is an alcoholic, just know that you're not alone. There are people, there are successful people, there are um, happy people, um, healthy people that are alcoholics and you can have a good life. Just f- dig really deep into yourself. And one thing that really helped was objectification. Um, I did this exercise with somebody I trusted. And what they did was they took something that you were saying to yourself. So maybe you wake up and you stump your toe and you're like, Damn it, you're so stupid. You would not talk to somebody like that. Like, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to say, hey, I don't talk to myself like that. Maybe it'll be, so for some people it's normal, so you, you know, just instinctually say it and say, oh, damn, I'm stupid. Correct it. Like, say, hey, you know, I I don't talk to myself like that. This act, stumping of my toe, really made me upset. And it really, I feel stupid, but I'm not stupid. And back to the objectification this exercise, um, they took something like, say you feel stupid, or you're an alcoholic, something that you just feel so immensely ashamed about, and you take it outside of yourself. Think of something, like maybe think about something that you believe, like maybe, maybe it's not even a belief, maybe you feel ashamed because of your sexuality, maybe you feel ashamed um, because of whatever reason. Maybe you hurt somebody. Maybe you had abused somebody by it, like, in the past. Maybe you had been abused and you feel stupid. Maybe you're an alcoholic. Maybe you do drugs. Whatever it is, you don't even really have to have a valid reason. Whatever feeling that's not feeling good within you, like, put your hand on your chest. Like, put it on your chest, right in between. And hold it there. Hold it there and really feel the warmth of your hand. Or maybe it's cold outside. Who knows? <laughs> maybe you live in Minneapolis and it's like negative degrees. Um, but hold it there. Feel it there. For me, when I'm doing this exercise, I'm like... Sorry, I'm not going to try to... Try not to cry on my podcast. <laughs> when I put it there, I... Say, you know, I'm an alcoholic. (sighs) And close your fist. Hold it there. Maybe you have a pebble, a rock, a pencil. Maybe you have a picture. Anything, really. Find it. I used a little rock, like a stone. And I put it on the table. And grab your object and put it close to your chest. It doesn't have to be anything specific. It could be like a necklace, a bracelet, anything, a pillow. Just hold it there. For me, I'm an alcoholic. Now, after a few minutes... Reflecting to yourself, having all the feelings, 
happen. Take that object and put it on the table. Look at it. This is how I feel about this object. I feel shame. I feel embarrassed. I feel hurt because not only did I hurt myself, but I've hurt others that I loved. But this is an external factor. When you look at your object and say whatever it is, maybe you say, I'm really, I'm stupid, I'm feeling really stupid. Maybe you're like me and you're like, you know what, I'm an alcoholic. And you're looking at this object. This object is external. It's not me. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. But alcohol is something that I'm looking outside of myself for regulation. Sorry. It's something outside of myself that I'm looking for regulation. I'm looking because I'm used to putting my boundaries aside. It's not my fault. I feel guilty because I've hurt those that I love. Regaining trust is going to take lots of time. But I've reached out to this object because I didn't I didn't feel capable of setting the boundaries with myself. This is not this object on the table is not in me. It's not inside of me. The things that I need to regulate myself are inside of me. They are not on the table. Alcohol is not going to make me happy. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend is not going to make you happy. The cake, the chips, they are not going to make you happy. Saying... Damn, I'm stupid. That is not going to make you happy. Look at your object there. And then place your hand, your empty hand, on your chest. This is going to make me happy. I'm going to make myself happy. Everything that you have and that you need is inside. And I think when we, as people that um, have experienced abuse, whether it's with a substance or with a person, we go and chase things like alcohol, drugs, 
um, people, sex, whatever it is, to feel happy. Because that's what we're used to. Our happiness is reliant on an external factor. But that's not normal. What's normal is to have the this happiness within yourself. If you had nothing right now and you were completely wiped out of all your resources and you are sitting on a rock in the middle of Tucson, obviously you'd need things to survive, but say imagine you have those things. And you're just sitting on the rock in the middle of the desert. Can you sit there by yourself and be happy? Can you look at the the desert flowers, the desert cacti? Can you look at the water? Can you look at the sky? Can you look at the birds? Or are you instinctively getting up and being like, "Okay, I have to do this now. I have to get this. I got to do this." One one thing that my therapist told me once was that sometimes doing nothing is doing something. I spent the whole money, morning, obviously I did my plan, but um, I did, spent all morning sitting at the table, writing out my plan, and crying. <laughs> I wasn't physically doing anything. I wasn't like, you know, running a marathon or like running and cleaning and around and running errands. Sometimes you have to do that, but sometimes you have to sit back and just be with yourself. And this is something that I'm going to be practicing for my time here in Arizona and hopefully in my life. My life, I need to practice setting these boundaries with myself and loving myself because, you know, as a person that has experienced abuse from um, people and substances, um, that's what abuse is. Abuse is things outside of yourself that are hurting you. And for some people, it's really normal. It's really normalized. And I want to let you know that, like, this is not normal. It's not normal to be abused. It's not normal to abuse yourself. So if you get anything out of this podcast, I just want you to know that... Love yourself. Do something nice for yourself today. Um, maybe it's a really busy day today and you need to, um, run a lot of errands. Make sure you listen to your favorite song in the car. Maybe you sing along. Make sure you eat your breakfast and drink lots of water. Make sure that you maybe say something nice about yourself. Maybe you don't have to say it out loud, but maybe... When you're looking in the mirror, be like, you know, I I look nice. I, It's okay to feel good about yourself. Obviously, you don't want to be a narcissist, but, like, <laughs> you know, it's good to feel good about yourself. And for some of us, that's something we have to learn. You know, it's it's okay to feel happy. It's okay to feel good. You know, you don't have to feel shame. Um, it's not normal. <laughs> it's normal to be happy. It's normal to be ha- uh, healthy. It's normal to have um, boundaries. It's normal to have relationships that have boundaries. And I really appreciate everyone who has been listening.
to my podcasts and thank you so much um for my for your support <laughs> i almost thanked myself <laughs> yikes <laughs> no um well i i'm practicing myself you know loving myself but you know i it's really up to you guys and i i really appreciate you guys listening and supporting me and my podcast and um just do something nice for yourself and safest, 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 safest of travels.